This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ben, couple things. This is the Rangers, or this is the, the players' nickname weekend. And so I've got a list of some of the Rangers' nicknames in front of me, but one of the things they're doing different this year is there's a whole other social media component where prior to the national anthem, they're allowing players to have tablets and I mean, no player has a tablet, but smartphones and devices out on the field, and they'll be firing off tweets and stuff prior to the national anthem. Send two pictures from your cell phone. Really? So it's almost like college weekend or something. Okay. Well, I look, I, I commend baseball for trying to figure out a way to be more accessible and in, in, to younger audiences, to be more dialed into things like that. Because look, baseball has been entrenched. Uh, it's been America's greatest pastime, and... You know, I would say that it skews significantly older than other sports, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, there's different reasons, right? There's pace. But another thing, too, is like baseball's a really hard sport to play in urban areas uh, because of equipment and because of, you know, the, the areas in which you live, fields and things like that. So it's become more of a rural sport and also suburban sport. You're saying rural? Rural. It's hard uh, word to say. By the way, uh, I also think it's uh, not as much of a video game sport. Mm-hmm. It's really not. I mean, right. it's a lot easier to go play 2K or Madden or something like that because of the pace of play. Right. I mean, when you're you're playing a baseball video game, you're like, hey, uh, all right, man, I'm really going to beat. Hold on. Let me get. I got to get two guys up in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Hold, I'm going to beat you, but hold. I got to do this double switch here. Hold, hold on. And and uh, our pitchers hit it. You know, it's like it might even be an old man video game, right? Because like I like to play golden tea because I can relax and drink while I do it. Like fast video games just fly by me. I'm, yeah. I'm old. I can't keep up with it. But here's some of the ones that that st- uh, stood out. So Colby Allard is paw p a a a a. What? I don't know. Hunter Pence is an emoji. And it's a series of lines and dashes where the yeah. where the the character shrugging. What do you want from me? Hey, yeah, this dog's but, over here going. Uh-huh. What do you want? This but dog's over here. What do you want from me? But it's done with the dashes and the yeah. dots. It's not the actual emoji. That's so funny. That'll That's yeah, really it's good. Pretty genius. Uh, so we have uh, Os- Okay, uh, yeah, Oscar Marine is Chichi. Um, let's see here. These aren't very good. Uh, uh, hold on. These aren't very good. Elvis is El- Jose Leclerc is Pico. I like that. Elvis is El Commando. So he's talking about oh, he's not he, wearing underwear. He never wears underwear, according to Jared Sandler. There. No, uh, I, and, I'd have made all that up. I don't know what that means. So uh, Joey Gallo is Pico de Gallo. Delino's <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Lil Bop. That's pretty good. Lil Bop. And uh, Shin Su Chu is Korean kid. What? That's, what? He, he picked Wait. it. His son is the Korean kid. People call me Chu. Hold he's on. A Korean, he's mm. Korean dad. He can also, by the way, if they want, some players are choosing on Friday to do a tribute to Tyler Skaggs. Okay. Uh, which is obviously good. So, for example, uh, Jesse Chavez is going to say 45, and then Scott Heineman's going to say love you, Ty, on the back of his. Oh, that's so. awesome. Cool. So, are, anyways, there, are there any good nicknames? I don't think so. Osito? Pico de Gallo's the best one. Oh, Osito? Is that what he's going uh, with? Willie Calhoun. Osito. Was it? Because wasn't that the teddy little, bear. little teddy bear? Yeah. Okay. That looks like a teddy bear. That is pretty good. But the best one is Hunter Pence creating his own emoji.
Mm-hmm. That's far and away the best one. All right, Ben, we have a very special guest joining us in studio. If you're a fan of reality television, you've probably seen her. Uh, she is from this area. It is Bree Baker. How you doing, Bree? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Are you a morning person? Like, is this too early to have you up and about? Um, this is about the time when I would be up and moving. So, you know, not quite a morning person. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've we've been following you on Instagram, not to creep you out, but uh, watching your work. Shippy's been telling us about you for a while. Uh, you're on MasterChef on Fox. You were just recently eliminated. Yes, in the I last was. episode, I was. Okay, yes. so for our audience, tell us what MasterChef is and refresh everybody, and then we'll talk about how you ended up leaving the show. So MasterChef is a competition show for home cooks. So it's basically for those people who don't have formal training in the kitchen, but love cooking. And um, for me, I've always constantly been watching YouTube videos and been on Pinterest and trying new recipes. So, you know, I auditioned and then made it to the show a couple months later and it was an awesome experience. So what does it, what does it take to make it to the show? So our listeners always text it, Hey, what does she look like? You're a very lovely woman. So I'm sure (laughs) that had something to do with it, but What is it that you whipped up to go, okay, we need to have her on this show? So in my initial audition, I cooked halibut with a spring pea puree, cauliflower puree, and balsamic caviar, which is kind of my specialty. I like to do molecular gastronomy. I do too. (laughs) It's it's kind of like a fancy word for science with cooking. Science! (laughs) You can like synthesize any liquid into caviar form. So I what? think that kind of helped me stand Wait, out. You could turn anything into fish eggs? I mean, yeah, it looks it looks like caviar, wow. but it's actually whatever liquid you want. So in that case, I used balsamic vinegar. Dude, that is cool. <laughs> My I mind like is it. kind of blown right now. Yeah. Are you like a closet chemist? I don't understand all this. Yes, I am. Yes. Are you a science major or something? I was for two years, and then I actually switched to Spanish linguistics. What? So Where, where'd you go to school? Fact, University of Texas in Austin. Hook All right. So what the hell happened on this show? Gordon Ramsay kicked you off. I'm not happy about this. How did it, how did that happen? <laughs> uh, yes, it was so unfortunate. I mean, you know, I definitely had ups and downs just because lasting that long, you kind of have to exploit your weaknesses as well as your strengths. Um, so the challenge I went home on, we had to cook everything in one pot, one cast iron skillet. And Traditionally, for me, I have multiple pots going at a time. I've got my puree, protein, my caviar, whatever. And I was already nervous. And um, I tried to kind of stick to my roots and do a seared salmon and a corn puree, bacon candy. And it just didn't quite work out timing wise. And my salmon skin stuck to the pan. So with like 12 minutes to go, I dashed to the fridge and Gordon's like, what is she doing? (laughs) And um, I thought that it worked out in the end, but since it came straight from the fridge, the middle was too cold and they cut it open and it was raw. So Gordon got to say his iconic, it's raw. <laughs> oh no. How many people were, were in the competition at this point? At this point, it was the top eight. And how so, many started? Um, 36 oh, auditioned wow. for the judges on camera and then uh, 20 got aprons and then past the 20, it was just kind of like one at a time. Was, was he a big jerk? Um, yeah. He... <laughs> the pause says it all. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we're getting a, a lot of response here. People texting in. They've watched you. 877-881-1053. If you want to text in 
buddy of mine texts in and says, dude, she's awesome. Watched her on MasterChef. She's great. So what has it been like for you being out and about? Are people recognizing you? Are they saying, hey, when's the restaurant open? What's going on with all that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's been really fun. You know, especially if I'm in grocery stores, people come up to me. They're like, hey, are you that girl from MasterChef? I'm like, yes. Or, you know, I was in the airport the other day um, flying to L.A. And the whole line at Chick-fil-A, just it started with one person. And then all the employees in the back were like poking their heads out like, oh, it's her from MasterChef. So that's been fun. So Chick-fil-A employees care about? <laughs> Master Chef, that's really good they to know. Do. It, it, uh, so you said fly in LA. I'm assuming that's where the show was taped. Yes, that Are, is where it was taped. But you're a Dallas resident. You live here and you go back and forth or we're going back and forth. Um, so I stayed there for the entirety of the filming because we were kind of on a lockdown. But now, you know, I've made friends from the show. So I just flew back to visit some of them. We had dinner and now I'm back. Okay, so I would imagine this opens up a ton of opportunities. You could clearly go manage any Chick-fil-A you wanted to right now. (laughs) But honestly, uh, I'd imagine investors are like, okay, we got a celebrity chef on our hands. She's likable. She's pretty. Everybody likes her. She's great. So what's next for you? So right now I'm doing some pop-ups with another contestant, actually. So our first one's coming up uh, September 4th in L.A. We're already almost sold out. So we're just kind of starting with that, starting small. Um, it's about 15 to 20 seats. And then we're just going to kind of go from there and see what happens after that. So when you do a, a I mean, I think of retail pop-ups, but if you're going to do a restaurant pop-up, mm-hmm. is it there for more than one day or is it just one day and then you're out? For us, it's just going to be one seating. Okay. So, um, but you could kind of do it however you want, which is the cool thing about pop-ups. You can do it wherever, whenever, however you want to structure it. It's, it's kind of cool in that way. What did you learn about reality television that you didn't know prior to being on MasterChef? Well, you know, I watch a lot of reality TV at home, so I had an idea of what to expect. Um, I loved it. Um, some stuff I learned was just some cool behind-the-scenes stuff, which which was neat. I can't give too many secrets away, but um, it's it's just cool to see, like, all the cameras, like, up above and flying and cameras on arms and people wearing cameras and it was a really, really cool scene. For so sure. w- would you rather be a restaurateur or a television person? Um, I really liked TV. I'd yeah. like to do food TV because it kind of marries the two joys. And, you know, like like I said, I majored in Spanish, too. I'd love to incorporate that. I like to incorporate my love of science. So I think it's a cool way to kind of marry all of my passions into one. Okay. And so the reason we found out about you is through Shippy, Jonathan Shippy Shipman, yes. an important part of our show. Give us your scouting report on Shippy. What, oh, no. I just want to know what you think <laughs> about him. How would you describe him to other people? Just break down Shippy for us. You know, Shippy's one of those guys that I think just kind of gets along with everybody. Super likable and nice guy and always cheerful. Yeah, nothing not to like about him. She nailed it. <laughs> Were you his source on the Zeke News? Um, no, I was not. Oh, you looked around. Are you sure? I'm sure. So okay. like when you wake up in the morning, are you like, uh, is it, do you, do you like whip up some breakfast on your own? Is that still a joy or just kind of like only want to cook on special occasions? No, I cook all the time. I'm in the grocery stores pretty much daily. Um, I always get inspired. Even if I'm going out to eat, I'm on my notes application, like typing up dish ideas and, um, yeah, I go grocery shopping pretty much every day or every other day, and I'm always just kind of figuring out new dishes to try. We're talking to Brie Baker. She was just on MasterChef. She just got eliminated, sadly. She is a local favorite, a national favorite. She's awesome. 
So tell me about if you decide to slum food-wise, what's your guilty uh, pleasure? Like if you're going to eat something that doesn't have molecular caviar in it (laughs) and you can't go all out, what is your guilty pleasure to to grow? Well, you know, I am Texan, born and raised, so fried chicken is definitely my guilty pleasure. Well, then let's get you to weigh in on this. Popeyes or Chick-fil-A, which is the better chicken sandwich? Chick-fil-A, honestly, but... You know, besides those two, Canes is my number oh, one. Oh, Canes is legit. Yes. We're talking about chicken sandwiches <laughs> or just like, if you want to get some good old fried chicken, where are you going to go? Canes. Raising go Canes. canes. 100% really? die hard Raising Canes fan. Everybody now, that knows me knows that. <laughs> now they say, uh, don't ever trust a skinny chef. And so I don't know if I can believe you. Would you be willing to put on about 80 pounds just to kind of really sell how good of a chef you are? Well, um, Probably not, but well, my, then you with, could go on Biggest Loser and just make the whole round. <laughs> well, my cooking style, like, and I honestly, I got really crushed for this on the show. A lot of times, is I cook really small portions because I like that kind of Michelin starred, like, really high end look. And in my head, it's like this course isn't something you're going to take leftovers home to. It's part of like a 10 course tasting. And Gordon always joked that I was trying to put the judges on a diet. (laughs) (laughs) Were you, uh, who cooked in your family growing up? Or is this just your own passion? It's not related to your parents or anything. So my parents love to go out to eat, um, which is kind of how I got inspired on my own, which makes it more special to me. Like I didn't grow up having to cook in the kitchen or, or with that. Um, It was kind of something I found on my own. Like, I just went out to eat with my parents and I thought, you know, how can I recreate these dishes that I love so much at home? And it started like that. Well, we are getting blown away by fantastic feedback. People texting (laughs) in. Thank you so much. Give all your social media handles so folks can continue to follow your career. Thank you. Yes. On Instagram, Plating Queen is my handle. Twitter, it's The Plating Queen. So that just kind of goes along with what I was known for on the show, which is my plating. Bam. Well done. (laughs) There she goes. Brie Baker, Master Chef. Uh, a bright and promising career out ahead of her. She's clearly loved by our listeners. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.